Blog Talk Radio. more 
on the feeling plane, and it brings us a greater access to uh, the intense emotional experience that happens between people and the empathy and compassion that we can have for one another when we're able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. So that would be kind of a combination of a Scorpio-Piscean energy. There, none of the planets right now are in Cancer, so we don't actually have a grand trine in water, um, but that's okay. There's still three out of uh, seven seven out of uh, 12 uh, vital points of the chart are in water. That's a lot. It's more than half. So um, Mercury in Scorpio, Saturn in Scorpio, and Moon's North Node in Scorpio with the Sun in Scorpio is a lot of focus on shared experience. There could be loss. Uh, some people might even be experiencing death. That's an extreme end to loss. But the possibility for change, renewal, um, what, what we call death and rebirth, one thing turning into another, one thing transforming into another, it doesn't necessarily mean that a situation needs to end or that something needs to die specifically, but something new is coming out of something that's old or outworn. And the, the Piscean part of this is uh, very interesting because I think it's adding a layer of empathy we can feel for the situation of loss and change. Uh, it's not something that's just happening uh, in, a, in, a, in a dismissive kind of vacuum. Uh, Venus is in Virgo, and um, Venus and Mercury have been moving along really nicely in a very uh, specific sextile. So communicating uh, about love should be a little easier right now. Uh, Mercury gives us our communication ability and Venus gives us our ability to love. So um, I think if we have, again, something specific that we want to say to someone, the possibility of saying that right now is never greater. Uh, Mars is in Sagittarius hanging out there as a very strong personal fire. Um, again, it's philosophical, it's adventurous, it's desiring to find higher truth. With all the water in the chart, I think there's a lot of depth going on for individuals right now. So if, let's say if you're already somebody who's deep and introspective, then you're gaining greater access to depth and introspective kinds of thinking. If you're not someone who's customarily um, you know, looking for deeper knowledge or something like that, then... Um, then this can bring you around to that. Mars and Sagittarius could introduce you to a, phil a philosopher or a philosophical work of art or fiction or self-help. It could introduce you to or bring you back to some kind of religious experience. You could hear the name of a church or a religious group or some kind of um, consciousness-raising group and want to participate in that. That's the action uh, that should be necessary, that you should desire to take during Mars in uh, Sagittarius. The one air sign right now that we're having is Jupiter and Gemini. So it's the only air that's in the in the whole uh, planetary chart right now. It's a good big planet. And again, I think it has to do with communication. So we're having some ease of communication with love. That's the Mercury-Venus combination. And then Jupiter in Gemini is giving us somewhat of the lighter-hearted, uh, perhaps a little easier to um, express ourselves 
uh, or let's say get along with people because it takes some of the edge off of off of the heaviness of it. Uh, in a couple of days, Mars and Jupiter are going to be in opposition. That's worth noting. Mars is at 13 degrees Sag, and Jupiter is at um, 15 degrees Gemini. Mars is moving forward, and Jupiter is moving retrograde, so they're actually moving towards each other. It's not like Mars has to overtake Jupiter. Jupiter is moving retrograde, so there's an interesting energy that's a magnification of the Mars-Jupiter um, tension and I think what you want to do is make sure you don't bite off more than you can chew that's a big um, Mars-Jupiter because it's going to make things very exciting it's going to make things very high energy it's going to make us feel like we can go out there and conquer something or that we can create action for greater change or that we can find greater truth and with the Sag Gemini axis it's about communication you want to make sure that you're not trying to convert the unconvertible um, or overpower someone with your thinking or your philosophy and um, the Uranian Pluto aspect here is the same as it's been Uranus is in Aries and Pluto is in Capricorn and they're separating as I had said so there's a certain quiet in the social conflict that's been happening between Aries and Capricorn right now that's on a bit of a low so as we're racing towards uh, the election 2012 that's something also huge that's going to happen in Scorpio uh, just 12 days or so from now now is the time for us to collectively be able to see what it is that we're emotionally involved with what it is that we're emotionally invested in there's a lot of Scorpio in the chart who is it that's important who is it that we want to communicate with how can we express the love and that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. You're listening to the Inside Connection, and um, there is it is a call-in show. So please know that you can call in 213-943-3395, and I will be happy to take a look at your chart. Go into the switchboard. Area code 484, you're on the Inside Connection. Oh, 484. So there they are again. Area code four eight four. Hi, Hi. You're on the in- Hi, you're on the inside connection. Hi, this is the first time I found your show. Okay. That's great. Um, yes, thank you for taking my call. Now, sure. what kind of question can I ask you? Um, I mean, are you? Do you do tarot card readings? I actually or? do astrology readings. So normally someone gives me their birth information with their birth time. But okay. um, if you don't have your birth time, it's okay also. Would you like me to look at your chart? Yes, I would love for Great. you to What's do that. Great. What's your first name? My first name is Tonetta. And uh, what's what's the... Okay. And your birthday... Is eight twenty nine seventy four. I probably have talked to you before. Probably I've talked to you before, which is fine because I feel like it's been a long time. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't recall. I mean, I don't remember. But... That's fine, Tonetta. But I have eight twenty nine in Pottstown. Oh, okay. Then you must have talked to me before. Yes. 
So, um, yeah, let's take a look at your chart and see what's going on here. It's, it has to have been really a long time ago because I actually don't remember reading your chart either. So we're on the same okay. page. Um, now, how, the question I have is regarding another individual. Yeah, relationship also, question. I was just going to jump in with that. You have Jupiter transiting the seventh house. Right. For anyone else who might be listening, I wanted to just confirm your birth information. It's August 29th, 1974 at 2.05 p.m. in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. That's correct, right? Yes. Okay. So your seventh house is... Uh, got Gemini in it, and right now Jupiter is in Gemini, and it's actually making a really nice sextile to your Venus. So tell me about the relationship. What do you want to know? Well, I, I didn't know if you needed to know his birth information to find out what's going to be going on with him because, you know, I kind of put the relationship a little bit in a ditch on Saturday. You and did? Yes. You did? How'd that happen? Oh, just me accusing him of possibly, well, not accusing, but I questioned. I said, you know, are you back with your ex? And okay. That didn't sit too well with him. He's that like, was it? Yeah. Just asking it, or were you accusing him? I think, see, it was all through text messages. So text messages you can really take wrong. And I texted him in the middle of the night, and I was like, are you... Are you with your ex? So I don't know if he took it as it's 1230 in the morning. Is she thinking I'm with my ex right now? Uh-huh. So I think he had te- that's the way he took it. Okay. But I was just feeling insecure, so I said, are you back with your ex? And he says, no, why? Why do you ask that? And I said, I just had a feeling. And he said, well, your feeling was wrong, and I don't need this. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that's not him giving you a lot of space, is it? I know. I mean, unless you've been bugging him and you've been acting jealous. I've been bugging him ever since we started dating in Uh June. Uh-oh, why are you doing that? I don't know. Uh So I'm trying to get this out of the ditch. I send him. I haven't been really texting him, so I've given him his space, but I did send him a real long email and I, you know, told yeah, him that's that... fine. That's fine. You know, let's just take an overall look at, you know, some yeah. of your transits. So I, I feel like the relationship is very good and one of the problems for you probably is that you natally have Saturn in the 8th house and it's it most certainly is causing you the suspicion because Saturday the eighth house, the darker side of Scorpio is jealousy and suspicion. If you have Saturn there, you can f- feel very betrayed at certain points in your life and also so afraid of loss, like mm-hmm. so afraid of losing somebody that you push them away before they can leave you. Yeah. You know? So my feeling is that, um, you know, kind of overall, you're really past, the, there was a Pluto square, but that was last year. You're right mm-hmm. at a really good age, you know, for, for actually making a relationship work for yourself. How do you, though, trust someone, you know? How do you trust someone? How do you feel confident enough to trust someone? If you're not in that place, then you're really not ready for a relationship. This isn't about him. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, like, I'm, I mean, getting, yeah, I'm, just... I'm getting, I'm getting more and more trusting of him. You know, okay, I'm, I'm right. getting better. Right. Right. I, I think, I think though, like you said, like if it's been going on for a while, and then you're still asking him, are you with your ex? That's really irritating to somebody because they can feel that you don't trust them, and if they're trustworthy, that definitely drives them away. Right, so I don't know if he's going to come back around. I don't know if you need his birth No, I don't really need his birth chart because I can see that the relationship, that it, there's a good chance that he will come back around, but it's a question of where are you going to be? It's not mm-hmm. like you can be like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. I threw it into a ditch. Am I going to be able to reel him back in one more time? Or has he set a final boundary on me? Or, you know, that's not well, what that's really what I'm this afraid. is about. I'm really afraid that he did set a final boundary. Like, you know what, that's it. i got to cut her out. She's she's out of her mind. Yeah. But yeah. he hasn't said that. But do you right. feel... I think he'll give you an opportunity to have closure and talk to him about this, and I feel like what you need to be able to do is tell him that you're afraid. If you I, don't... I put that in the email. I told him. I said, I am so scared to death of being hurt, of being Did he write you again. back at all yet? Mm-mm. No. Okay, well, let's just look specifically at your chart then. We do really specific. Um... Looking out towards this week, uh, yeah, it's hard, you know. Saturn is square your moon right now. This mm-hmm. is a very sort of almost like a little bit of a lonely feeling, feeling lonely, feeling not understood. Uh, you're going to have to give him some space, yeah. and um, I think you're likely to hear from him more uh, early next week. That's my feeling because on the 29th and 30th and even Halloween day, you have Venus trine the moon, Mercury sextile the moon, Mars trine Venus, all of those smaller transits, which could be indicative of a phone call or a loving, someone reaching out to you with a loving gesture, much more likely for you to happen early next week. But I wouldn't write again because, you see, if you can give him a little space, then um, it's going to show him that you're that you are capable of having an adult relationship. You you have to do you have to make a gesture that shows him that you're secure. If you're going to just be like, oh my God, I screwed up. Let me reel you back in. I'm so desperate. I've got to write you, write you, write you, write you. That's going to yeah. drive him farther away. And even though you're right. going to feel really lonely over the weekend, I right. would I would let him have the weekend to think. Yeah, yeah. because you know what what came out of this, and see, I've known him since I was a little girl. We grew up four doors away from each other. All right. We have a 30-year friendship, which is solid. And then we, we, I is the one that approached him in June because he was not in a relationship no more. Yeah. No, um, and it's a good, it was that you approached him during a good set of transits. Right, you approached and I said, him during a good set of transits. Let's it's, hang it's, out. Let's go to movies. You know, and we started talking and we started dating. So here we are. So we have a good. It's good, hon. It's his, good. Let's yeah. give him the weekend, okay? And then see if he comes back around on the 29:30 or even Halloween day of good transits for next week. Okay. Thanks for calling into the show, Tonetta. Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, hon. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
So I wanted to talk tonight a little bit about um, Saturn and the Sun and the way in which they're combining as a unified force right now. And it, it brought me around to a conversation about discipline and focus. And I think one of the things that um, I've certainly noticed between people, interestingly, is some people are more Saturnian. They, you know, they seem to have an easier time of creating discipline for themselves and focus. And one of the things, of course, that happens for those people is they set more goals, they achieve more goals, and they end up moving, you know, into a place in their life that they've envisioned or where they want to be. They certainly also create more structure in their lives, which has a tendency to also carry its own burden, because if there's a lot of structure, then there's a lot of responsibility, and Saturn fits into uh, the, certainly the realm of responsibility and what it is that we need to do in our lives in order to be able to... Uh, responsibility is our ability to have a response, right? So if we're responsible people, then we know how to respond to the world. If we're irresponsible, then we don't. And yet having a lot of responsibility means that we have a lot of things we may need to respond to, right? If you have a house and you own it and a car and children, then your car, your house, your children, your career, your own personal health, all these different things. If you're only, say, responsible for yourself, and you rent and you've got a job and you have no wife, no relationship, no children and you don't even have a car, then you have a lot less responsibilities. Maybe, you know, we, we might have them to family, but there are some people who can can shun responsibility and not have that for the benefit of having a lot of personal freedom. Freedom is the opposite. That's more the Uranian aspect of life. Tonight, though, we want to really look at why we have a Saturnian, why we have a Saturn and a Saturnian energy at all. What, what point, what object, what's the objective, okay? Saturn rules basically the law, like the karmic law, the law of what goes out comes back, and the law of the physical structure of the earth. That's why the the uh, the sign that it rules is Capricorn. It's a very advanced third earth sign representing physical structure on a very broad uh, level, social structure. <clears throat> so Saturn rules that because basically the earth, is a you know a shared collective experience all the humans on the earth are sharing the earth and the the social structure that it represents we have to have a saturn because we're we're all living here on the earth and i'm not, i'm not just being funny and saying oh we all live on the earth that's really you know stupid but but that we're we're all living on the earth, so we're all living under a certain set of earthly rules. And a lot of times we feel very bogged down by that, right? Because the earthly rules can be kind of heavy. We spend a lot of time as children learning that we're we're involved in those earthly rules. And I think you know I've talked about this before, but in the tarot. The final card of the tarot, which is the universe, um, is the card that talks about freedom from, you know, union with God, basically, is the final card of the tarot. 
weirdly, though, it's ruled by Saturn. The ruler of that card is Saturn. I sat for years and thought, how do we establish this sense of maximum freedom? Liberation is really what the card stands for, like feeling liberated. How do we get liberated by Saturn? It doesn't make any sense to me since Saturn rules structure and it rules things like judges and police officers and grandparents and needing to go on a diet when we've gained too much weight. Those things are Saturnian. They create restriction. They create focus. They create limitation because we have to restrain ourselves during in a Saturnian with Saturnian energy. And nobody really likes that. Nobody really likes the idea that we have to restrain ourselves or we somehow have to maintain the physical structure with all this responsibility you know it's nice to own things but then we find out that we have to take care of them or we have to fix them repair them maintain them all of those things that are very earthly and very very a part of the saturn energy but the show tonight is really about the importance of the saturn energy in relationship to its benefit in our lives because the sun and saturn right now are conjunct it for me has to do with how can i take the the point or purpose of my own energy sun energy and connect it with the idea of focusing or being disciplined and i think that that's the part of of the Saturn energy that's the most beneficial for us all is the discipline. If we wanted to um, have more money, have a different job, be in a relationship, uh, have a healthier body, uh, have a more creative expression in the world, we would have to discipline ourselves in some way. We can't just say, oh, I want to have a healthier body, so I'm going to take a yoga class, but then we don't show up for the yoga class, or we only go once, but we never go back again, or I want to run on the elliptical machine because I really want to get cardiovascular health, but I'm not disciplined enough to do those things. If that's the case, if discipline is something that we shun, that's Saturnian energy, Saturn, and it's and it's um, what it imposes upon us, then we miss out on all of the benefits because, of course, right, then we're not able to take a class to learn how to cook better or take driving lessons to learn how to drive or, in fact, go out and rake your own yard and maintain your yard. We have to have a disciplined practice. If we don't have the discipline to brush our teeth, we know what happens there, right? So all of those things fit under Saturn. And the more of them that we're capable of taking on and aligning with, the more we get the rewards of the disciplined action, whatever it is, healthy teeth, or that we've learned how to drive or we've learned how to cook. And the the tarot card, Key 21, which is the last tarot card of the Major Arcana, is about that higher connection to the limitations through Saturn. Once it is, once we know what the limitations are, then we become free. Once we know what it is that we have to discipline ourselves toward, then we become liberated. 
that's the that's the the twist there is that liberation is not actually coming through something jupiterian or even uranian which represents freedom it's coming through saturn because once we realize that we must discipline ourselves that's when we truly find liberation and we 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 have to come to accept the nature of the disciplined life based on the fact that we all live here, the fact that we all have an earthly presence and that that we don't want to get into a rut, we don't want to be bogged down by structure, responsibility and discipline. We don't want to be just doing something for the sake of doing it, maintaining a house when we don't really want to own one or maintaining a car when we don't really need it or something like that, right? So that the Iranian aspect of things is to say get rid of what you don't need in the structure, but don't forget there's no getting rid of the structure because the structure is the very ground that you're standing on. This time where we are right now, today and this week, with the sun moving across Saturn, Saturn is going to become a rising planet in the next month. It has been a setting planet all through the summer. Um, it was it was following the sun down as it set. Now the sun's passing Saturn and um, Saturn's going to be popping out on the right-hand side, and it's going to be rising before the sun. We'll be able to see it in the early morning. Um, for anybody who's up, you know, uh, 6 o'clock in the morning, it's still dark. There's quite a beautiful sky right now, by the way, where you can see Jupiter. It's incredibly brilliant in the early morning, and, um, and also um, uh, Jupiter and... Venus, because Venus is in Virgo, so it's strongly preceding um, the sun by a couple of signs. It's at a really far elongation from the sun, because the sun's already in Scorpio, but Venus is in Virgo. So if you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and you look towards the east, you see a brilliant Venus, an amazing Venus. And um, if you look more towards the midheaven, which is straight up at 12 o'clock, then you're going to see a uh, tremendously, also tremendously bright star, which is Jupiter. It's a planet. It's not a star. So um, that was kind of a tangent because I like watching the planets, and we haven't been able to see Saturn lately because it's combusted by the sun. Soon it will be also out in the morning, and um, that will be nice to see again. Um, the Saturnian energy has very much to do with being able to recognize what it is that you need to discipline yourself towards in order to be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish. We rebel against it. And it certainly depends upon the kind of family that we grew in, uh, grew up in. Anybody maybe who had a particularly stern upbringing either becomes very Saturnian and lives under that sort of regimented life, or they completely rebel against it and they don't like authority, and then they have a very hard time creating goals and setting discipline for themselves. So one way or another, I think that our childhood background has something to do with the way in which we handle discipline. That's something that's seen in the chart, but it also has to do with the Saturn that we have in our charts. It's never really quite easy to be able to say, oh, yeah, you know, there's the Saturn in my chart. I totally embrace it. Absolutely. You know, and, and even for me, uh, Dr. Craig, I have a Saturn in my own chart that's pretty well aspected. 
it's still not easy to master it and uh, be able to say, this is the discipline that I need to embrace because this is a part of the disciplined path that I've chosen to live. Uh, There's always excuses for avoiding discipline and responsibility, even in the most seemingly disciplined lives. So um, I want to do a little short meditation now. Uh, For those of you who are live with me, um, uh, it's uh, short usually, less than five minutes. I don't usually go into these long, drawn-out meditations. But let's do it, and let's see what it is that we, you know, come upon. Normally I would suggest that we take a firm, uh, you know, plant, plant your butt on a chair somewhere nicely, put your feet flat on the floor, and your arms either in your lap or on your side, and take a deep breath in through your nose and out, and allow that energy of the breath to go down and settle somewhere into your, um, what's called the hara, which is right around the belly button, a little bit above the belly button, and take another deep breath in through the nose, and let the energy, you can feel the energy when you take an intended breath, let the energy go down all the way down there to to that um, belly button spot. And this um, meditation is called a root meditation because it grounds us in purpose and it grounds us in focus and creates direction. And since we're going to call in the energy of the sun, we're going to put the sun above the top of our head so you can visualize the sun however big you like. It could be like a grapefruit, a baseball, a soccer ball. It could be the whole size of the sun if you want it to be. You can make it even smaller than that. I actually prefer maybe like a little grapefruit-sized sun up there. So it's nice, round, burning, warm, yellow, orange, glowing. And it's hovering right there above your crown. And now when you breathe in next, breathe down in from the sun. And breathe that energy down into that space around your belly button. And when you breathe out, breathe out from your belly button and breathe out and up into that solar energy. And now take a beautiful image of Saturn. You know how it looks round and swirling with the beautiful ring. And sit it down below you under the chair, maybe even with your feet sitting on the rings. And when you breathe down in from the sun, And you breathe down into your body and you let that go to that place around your belly button. When you breathe out, let it go down and down and out your legs and down and into the the Saturn energy that you're using now for a chair. And breathe up in from Saturn into that belly button area and out into the sun. And then in from the sun into that belly button area and out into that Saturn, that lovely supportive uh, structure that's representing the foundation beneath you. And while you're sitting there breathing between these two dynamic energies, go inside the space between your eyes and see for a minute an older man or older woman, whatever it is that you prefer, sitting on a comfortable piece of furniture in a comfortable room. And go there and sit by that person, that older person, and see them smile at you. They know what it is that you would intend to do if you could get out of your own way. 
They know what it is that you intend to do, even when you are getting out of your own way. They're there to help you at all times. Hold hands with them. Clasp like hand in hand, you know, right and left, left and right. And breathe in and send back a smile. Exchange a little energy between you and this elder, this elder one, this wise one. Allow their clothes to shimmer and shine and let that energy, that shining, glowing, warm feeling of protective authority soothe you and warm you and shower over you. You know what it is that you need to do, they say. You know what it is. It's inside of you. You can. You can, if you choose to, align yourself with what it is that you know you can do. And smile back. Take a breath in. Take a breath in from the top, from the crown, and into the hara, and breathe back out into the seat, into the floor, into the chair, and then one time in from the floor. Let that beautiful, earthy energy from below mix in with your chest and your heart and your abdomen and everything, and then breathe back out through the top of your head, and let the energy come out like a fountain showering down around you. And good. You can come back to the space that you're in. You can come back to me and my boys. And we'll be back here on the radio show. I love those collective um, meditations. I love them. And I like putting them in the show. They're not in every show. But I happen to really enjoy you know, doing them. Um, I'm going to go to the um, to the switchboard and just check in. Area code nine one eight. You're on the inside connection. Hi. Hi. Are I you holding for you. a reading? I had called you on my birthday, and I'm wondering. My child, she's fifteen, and I'm uh-huh. having such connections with her, and this is not typical. I'm just wondering if there was a major shift in her chart. Or yours? I mean, when I, in hers. I'm wondering if there's a major shift in her chart. Right. But she's well, telling me she's transgender, that she wants to have an operation to become a, a male. I mean, this is not normal. I'm, does that show up on a chart, do you think? Uh, Yeah, it can. But what's your first name? My name is Angela. Um and uh, where's your what's your birthday? My birthday is ten eighteen sixty eight. So, do I have your birth information? You said you had called me once before. Oh, on my birthday, which was this month, I believe it was you that I called. I called two people. One person called me arrogant. Then there's this nice man. I he sounded a lot like you. Tell me your birthday again. Yours. Ten eighteen sixty eight in Memphis, Tennessee. Ten eighteen nineteen sixty eight. Mm-hmm. And what time? Nine oh nine p.m. Central Standard Time. Okay, in what town? Oh, actually, it would be Eastern Standard Time, Memphis. What? Memphis. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to call you arrogant. I don't think because that's not my. No, place no, to I mean do. this guy was something else. I'm like, okay, you know, like, okay, I'm just not going to respond to the the wording. Right. 
I just think he was a blunt person. It's okay. You have a very intense chart, too. So 10-18-1968 at 9.09 p.m. in Memphis, Tennessee. Do you have more than one child? I have two. Yeah, because you have a chart that's quite um, quite connected to your children and your home. I would imagine that your children and your home are like an enormous part of your life because you have... Um, seven natural planets between the fourth and the fifth house and it would make you you know just domestic and concerned with your children and creativity and legacies and what it is that you're leaving behind and uh the job you've done and being a libra you like to think that you have you know balanced relationship with your children mm-hmm. um you know one of the things that um you said about, um, you know, just your daughter's desire to have a transgendered experience was that you said it wasn't normal. And the only thing I wanted not to... not typical for a teenager to have this. Right. Um, I think it happens you know later in life. You know what's interesting, Angela, is that it's becoming more common for younger people because they were born with Pluto in, in Libra and they were born with Pluto in Scorpio to be a little bit more clear about what it is that they want at a younger age. Now, I'm not suggesting that your daughter is that clear. She could be. And, of course, you know, that kind of surgery and the kinds of things she's contemplating are pretty life-altering, so you don't necessarily want to have someone doing that. But I, I remember having in my practice in New York a long time ago a young woman who who was binding her breasts for a long time. You know, she was basically tying them down because she didn't want to, she didn't, you know, she just wasn't connected the to them. Yeah. And... um it was something that I guess was inside of her. I still know this girl. Like 15 years later, she did have some surgeries, um, and she never looked back and regretted it, which I thought was kind of interesting. You know, she never looked back and regret that she had made some of these changes. So I think one of the things that, that you know, you need to recognize, number one, is that for a teenager – if you create great opposition, all it's going to do is drive her farther into the choice. For a teenager, if you create greater opposition to her choices, all it's going to do is make her want to do it more. And I'm not saying that you want to become completely supportive either, because obviously you don't feel like that. You don't feel like being supportive of this decision. But I feel like if you take the approach that, you know, she's young and she should explore it and find out what, what it all and what it all means and what the implications are and really be informed and not just have it be like something that sounds like it could be fun to do, you know, or something that, you know, making rash decisions is what you want to be able to encourage her to look at, that she doesn't want to do something without really thinking it out. Well, you know, her brain is not fully developed till she's 23. I think it's rather rash at her young age. How old is she? Yeah, she's 15. Well, she can't go and, and get I any of And I homeschool my children. She's a bit... Uh, she can't 90. go and get any of this surgery right now anyway at 15. There are no, no doctors that'll, that'll do this surgery. 
that'll do there's no doctors in the United States that'll do it. They have to, you know, the kids that want to have this kind of thing done have to have gone to counseling. They have to have somebody sign off that they're, you know, mentally prepared to do this. And I feel like it's a question of you developing, you know, your relationship with her in a different way because she's certainly using this as a pretty strong point of rebellion with you. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Right. Yeah, it's very right. emotional for her, and I try to be sensitive, but I also have to be practical. I live in a conservative world. I homeschool my girls. I, I run a nonprofit agency to give away curriculum and books, yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. I have to be careful, and it's not safe where we live to be that way. You know, to um, be transgender. Transgender. Yeah. To be transgender. Yeah, I live in Oklahoma. I, I, and I understand all of those concerns place. too. But the bottom line on that is that you know that if she grows and continues to feel this way, you're going to have to either reject her or accept her. Well, she's going to have to move out of Oklahoma. Is what's going to have to happen? She's going to have to move out of where? Out of state. She'll have to leave the state. Okay, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, just for her own safety. But it has that. to. That's fine. That's fine. And maybe she'll yeah, do my that. Yeah, first, my first objective is to keep her safe. Right. And I think no. that's probably one reason why you're having some of your own difficulties besides the fact that oh, I'm scared. it challenges I mean, anyone's personal identity. Well, it challenges anyone's personal identity if they see their children choosing something like that. You know? You well, wonder you know, how that happened. I miss the girl I used to know that was my daughter. You know, I miss her. Right. I miss her a great deal. Right. But I can I can process that. But I was just wondering on her chart if there was anything that would pop up on her chart. That yeah, shows there, the might, change there might or be. There might be. But as I was talking with the previous uh, caller who also uh-huh. wanted me to look at the chart of, like, another man, I don't uh, normally bring up other people's charts because, for me, it's kind of an infringement on their on their particular privacy, and there's so much I that just we want can to see in a chart. But thing. for the mom, for the mom, you understand, we can see this, what's going on for you in your chart your chart, you know, that you feel somewhat oppressed. It's just, it's Saturn's been in your fifth house for two whole years already. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, your concerns about um, your daughter have been going on for a while and that it feels very heavy to you and the relationship that you had with her and the way in which it's changing. I don't think I can just like look at your chart and say, "Oh, is she going to go through with it, or isn't she, or does she have transgender I, I, in her chart?" Her going There's nothing like that not, that will jump out. It's not the out. issue. Her being safe is. Oh, okay. Does she not want to be safe? Is she like that? Is she like activist? Activist? Well, if she, she wants to put it in people's face. Talking about being transgender in a, let's say, a country uh, group of kids. Yeah. Is not the safest place to say that. Probably not. And she not. may not realize it's not the safest place well, to say that. Well, have you been telling her that? Yes, I have. But Then she probably you know, sometimes realizes kids, it. Sometimes kids, that part of their brain that says that if I do action B, it's going to produce result B. 
that right. has not yet developed in her brain. Well, perhaps I can reassure you just by telling you that right now it doesn't look like there's anything like that going on in your chart, you know, in your chart. doesn't. I don't see anything like that tragic in your chart right now. Like, I don't see anything happening to that daughter except for the fact that it's really worrying you and making you feel oppressed. It's something you certainly are not out there discussing in the community. I can't. You know, I can't can at different places. Right. I have some groups set up for her where she can talk freely. She, a she lesbian? She doesn't have to worry. Is she a lesbian? No, Has no she, told she, you? she likes guys. She just wants to be a man. Right. Right, which and a lot of gender issues. If they're a true transgender, right. it's not about sexuality. No, no, it's I understand. Well, at the end, it ends up being about sexuality because if she's a woman who wants to be a man who's attracted to men, then she's going to be gay. Oh, I mean, I see your point there, but it's more about gender, you know, about. No, I know that they don't even like gender identification pronouns. They don't. She doesn't like being called she or her. I refer to her as my child, usually. Right. Exactly. Because she's yeah, rejecting those feminine pronouns. Her. I know. I've worked in the community for a long, long time. So, you know, I have I have an idea of what some of the trans- transgender community and, and their belief systems. Um, there, you know, I, I feel, Angela, like, you know, you could be supportive and maybe find out more um, from a group called PFLAG. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but it's, a, it's parents of, uh, yeah. And, um, and as far as, and as far as like safety issues right now, I really don't see any, um, you know, problem with that, with her right now. I'm not seeing any, you know, particularly crisis driven or dangerous things going on for her through your chart. Okay. Well, it makes me feel some better. The film. Are you, are you, you calling you me from Memphis tonight? No, I'm calling from Tulsa. Tulsa. From yeah. Tulsa. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate you, you holding for so like long. That? I appreciate you holding for so long on the line. There were a couple things I wanted to do before I got to the to some callers. Oh, I, I've enjoyed your show. Do you do YouTube videos or? There are some YouTube videos out there, and there are going to be some new ones. There's actually um, an Inside Connection uh, webcast television show that's being taped. So um, if you know anybody who'd like to be on that, they should contact me through drcraig.com because I'm I'm doing readings via Skype, and they're getting they're getting taped for a web series. That's what you're looking for for your web series, people to yeah, read. Yeah, just people who want to get readings via Skype, and um, so that's that's available too. All right. All right. Good. Well, to talk thank to you, you so much for your you're time. You're welcome, hon. Have a good night. All right. So that that was very Saturnian, in as far as you know, the kinds of there was so many multiple layers there. Talking to um, talking to my last caller about. You know, the responsibility that we have towards children, that's very Saturnian, the discipline, and then on the darker side, the way in which 
those responsibilities can oppress us or make us feel heavy because if we're responsible for them or to them, we want to be able to, you know, recognize that we have a part in taking care of, um, you know, the, the way that they're turning out, the way that something is being cared for, right? There's that dichotomy between the Cancerian and Capricorn energy, the mother and the father, and the Saturnian energy is very paternal, but yet even fathers take care of children. You know, they have a responsibility towards some level of care, and they want to know that that care is being, is you know, being received and going towards some, you know, uh, good end. So what happens, though, with children as they grow older is that um, even though we're always, quote-unquote, responsible for our children, uh, many children go off and become responsible for themselves. They, in fact, you know, that whole crisis of moms, you know, where they're like, my children don't need me anymore. You know, people, I think, in one way would hope that their children would grow to be like that. You would hope that your children would grow to be independent and responsible. And in that way, then, um, there's, the, there's the, the crisis almost of having to let go of the responsibility for things. And that has to do a lot with um, uh, the fact that Saturn has moved into Scorpio. And I did just want to say one thing about that, which is that Saturn in Scorpio is going to um, take some of the things we feel responsible for and it's going to cleave them um, from our lives or, or our responsibilities are going to shift or change, not necessarily because people are going to die, although, as I said before, that could happen, but more along the lines of something is going to have to transform. Relationships will change and old relationships will become new again because that's going to be a part of the um, uh, the nature of Saturn in Scorpio is that the focus and the responsibility is going to be on jointly uh, contributed things. If we have responsibilities to many one-way streets, things we're responsible for that are not go that are not giving us anything back, we're gonna see that those are the things that are going to have to uh probably be left behind because they don't serve the purpose of the the discipline that Saturn and Scorpio is going to be teaching, which is the discipline of jointly held responsibility, the responsibilities that we have um together. Uh, with other people um, I am uh, Dr. Craig Martin And this is the Inside Connection It's always really You know An amazing experience To do the show I'm always really grateful For my listeners And for the people Who have an opportunity To call in um, I'm going to leave you tonight With Passage to Promise And I'll talk to you next week uh, it will be uh, November the 1st on the Inside Connection.